0: Hi, I'm Spencer
1: and I'm Blake and And you're you're about about to to get Get Jumped. jumped welcome to episode 66 of Blake and Spencer get jumped a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to but you should still totally watch the anime this week on get jumped we're watching the end of Dimension W episodes 10 through 12
0: yeah it's uh it's it's really gonna be a hard goodbye to Dimension W Unless, for some reason, the end is confusing and nobody completely understands what just happened. Um, That wouldn't possibly happen, could it?
1: Could it? What are you talking about, Spencer? The possibilities are endless. God damn it. Let's jump in. All right, we're back. We haven't recorded in like two weeks. I don't remember how to yeah. do this
0: well, two weeks is not true we we recorded we recorded uh um,
1: interviews yeah we haven't recorded interviews. like a proper episode where we don't see each other in two weeks yeah. But, so, uh,
0: if you've been listening to everything, uh, you know, first and foremost, that we are hot off the presses from Kamaricon. Um, it was fucking fantastic. Um, not only did we take a shit ton of photos with people, uh, check out the hashtag cosplay if you want to see all those. C-O-S-B-L-A-K-E.
1: I'm pretty sure we're the only ones using it, so it should be easy to find.
0: Yeah, it's like 16 posts under that hashtag, and I was like, starting a new hashtag let's do it guys um anyways so um so we also had six interviews with six wildly different people um they uh oh man yeah, there was it, also one dog and also one other co-host and also a couple of uh people that were interpreting so yeah, it was just,
1: really like nine people and a dog at the end of the day and yeah nine people under dog sounds like some sort of like an 80s sitcom or something. Um, so yeah, at this point, all of our interview episodes should be out. If you have not listened to them, check them out. There's three different voice actors. Um, there are two music artists, uh, an activist. There is a martial arts duo. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. And we mm-hmm. had such a good time interviewing them. I know we had like varying levels of knowledge about what each person did before we met with them. And everybody was so interesting and cool. Like, honestly, none of the interviews is a dud. They're all worth listening to. They Even like the three voice actors that do like air quotes the same thing. They have different interviews. So if you are into interviews, you will like this content. It was really good
0: for sure and we're planning on doing more of that content uh there is a, a very large spreadsheet uh that i have started making of all of the different anime cons throughout the united states um and abroad um if and we abroad can, you know <laughs> <laughs> look look there's one in canada it's abroad okay that's <laughs> and you know it's good to
1: be aspirational
0: yeah. Anyways, um uh I I am very interested in a lot of these different cons. I know that we have uh a lot of different people that are listening to the show. Um I've been chatting with uh I, this amazing other podcast that does a show. Um I think from the UK. Um we we're looking at doing a collaboration with them. Um I I say I feel like it's the UK, but I'm like there's the UK and then there's Ireland and I don't not a hundred percent sure what's happening with Scotland. Yeah, um, so like, you know, whatever. Um, but I think they're so they're both British so um I I really want to do a collaboration with them and they had mentioned uh, just in passing they were like you should come over for Scotland Loves anime and I was like look I okay. want to go to Scotland <laughs> but also bring us there yeah so-
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah we're we are hoping to do a lot more of this kind of material of stuff. This one was really easy because it was in Portland, which is where Spencer lives. So only one of us had to travel, and neither of us had to get a hotel. Um, yeah, that those are all going to be considerations. So we're definitely making a giant spreadsheet. But as far as what we can go to, that's going to be obviously dependent on uh, how much it's going to cost for us to get there and stuff like that. Um, if you really like that content and you would like to support us making more, Patreon's a good way to do that. Um, you can contribute to the creation of that content. Um, Also some interviews that are not included on the podcast. If you guys have not been watching our YouTube or Facebook or whatever, if you did not see the video uh, footage that we took of the con included in that footage are two interviews. One is for a role playing game based on anime called Valor. And the other is with an artist named Gavin gray, Valentine and his, uh, a card game that he did the art for called bullets and teeth. So if you're into role-playing games like dungeons and dragons, and you also like anime, you should absolutely check out valor Uh, bullets and teeth is a party game based off of the idea that you don't have to be able to outrun the zombies. You just have to be able to outrun your friends. So they're both pretty awesome, and there's interviews with the creators on that video, but not on the podcast. So check that out if you're interested, and check out those games, because they're cool, and we should support people doing cool things.
0: Yeah. Um, If you haven't been paying attention to it as well, we've talked about it a couple of times, but uh, our web series is out there. We're still re-releasing new episodes. I've been doing a little bit slower, um, just because I've been looking at a, a couple of different um, outlets that might be interested in getting like exclusives of re-release. Um, so I've been working on that. That's cool. Um, not just, then, uh, not yeah. just
1: Portland public television.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and then, uh, we also, uh, should let you know that there are some big giant, uh, releases that are coming down the pipeline from Netflix. Um, yeah. Well, Netflix there's, uh,
1: has before we get into the Netflix too, there's also, a an announcement f- For uh, the director of It, which is the most Mm -hmm. recent version um, that was one of the most successful horror movies of all time, I really liked it. I know it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. I thought it was really good. That director is set to do an American film adaptation of Attack on Titan, which is something that has left me cautiously optimistic. And good news is that that is a European setting with like one or two Japanese characters, so we should hopefully avoid the whitewashing debacle that we had with uh, with Ghost in the Shell. Shell. So yeah, uh, let's (laughs) talk. Yeah, there was this huge article about Netflix. So I've got each of the series they announced and little blurbs about it. And honestly, the little blurbs have gotten me excited for all five of these series. So what I'm gonna
0: actually do for this um, is uh, I am going to be uh, releasing this list uh, inside of the social media, like releases. Um, I have been really, really racking my brain um, how to uh, bring more people to social media other than you, awesome people listening. Um, but the other thing that I, I think might be cool is to start releasing like really big pieces of information on our social media channel um, that we find and we think would be awesome for our listeners. So if you want to just kind of go check those out i'm going to start releasing um uh at least once or twice a week um like kind of like a press release of all the cool shit i found that you should pay attention to um we're also going to chat a little bit about like you know the big things on our episodes but i definitely want to put it on our social media as well so you have like a couple of different places to grab it if you want to
1: um yeah so but do you want to just the one that
0: i'm, I'm the most excited about is the pacific rim one <laughs>
1: Yeah. I okay, I, I saw love the robots. I saw the second <laughs> I saw Pacific Rim uh uprising or whatever the sequel was. I don't think you did, right? No it, it was very anime in the way they did their fights. And the plot was kinda anime, even though it wasn't a great plot, and the movie overall was a little disappointing. The fight scenes were pretty sick and they made they reminded me a lot of like, okay, this is what happens when you take the first Pacific Rim and you animate it, and now that's literally happening. But also yeah. we're getting Craig Kyle from Thor Ragnarok and Greg Johnson from X-Men evolution as co-show This is runners. what got me. That is that huge. Is what
0: got me is fucking like, I like Thor Ragnarok. I think it is a really good movie. Um, I think without Taika Waititi, I'm not as excited about it just because like Thor movies are Thor movies. Right. Um, Taika really took it to a different level, but x-men evolution is a fucking great x-men adaptation so if you've never watched x-men evolution it is one of the best animated uh cartoons in the united states that's about an action series and i'm saying that like knowing that the best one in my opinion is probably the real original batman the animated series but it's probably like third or fourth on that list for me it's very Um,
1: very good it, oh yeah, it's, it holds it's, up pretty it's really well. Good. Season one's a little rough, but it, it holds up pretty well. It, it's very good, so that's really exciting to see. It's mm-hmm. speaking of exciting creators, the second on the list is Altered Carbon, which is going to be uh, to me it reads like an Animatrix style thing, but for Altered Carbon. But I don't know. Yeah. But like the writer is going to be Daisato, the dude who did Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. What? I, like,
0: almost shit. I
1: know! <laughs> like, there's no guarantees, but that's a pretty close that this is gonna be good.
0: Yeah. The next one is not as interesting to me, because I, um, I'm not a huge fan of Helsing, and Afro Samurai, um, I'm, it's it's fine to me, um, but, uh, the next one is called uh, Cigaster of Insect Cage, um, It's a post-apocalyptic world with a mysterious disease. Cag Aster turns people into giant murderous insects. Um, I don't know if that's interesting to me at all, but it's definitely
1: a show. (laughs) Helsing is not my favorite, but it's fine. Afro Samurai, I haven't seen. I want to see it. But I like the premise. I'm definitely interested to check it out. And the director is going to be a guy named Koichi Chigara or Chigira who did Last Exile and Full Metal Panic. So Mm -hmm. still pretty big names on that. Um, And that's also, uh, I don't know if we mentioned that, that's based off of a manga. Um, This next one, I misread it the first time and was way less excited until I reread it. So the fourth one is Yasuke, Y-A-S-U-K-E. This is a war-torn Japan of mechs and magic. With a retired Ronin who is based off of a historical samurai from Africa who fought with Oda Nobunaga. So I think it's gonna have a uh, black protagonist, which is exciting. And it's going to be set in like a mythic, mythic, magical mech setting, which is also exciting. But then you look down at the, the creator director and executive producer is LaShawn Thomas, who did the boondocks, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know this band, but there is a Grammy Grammy nominated band called flying Lotus. That's going to be composing the music. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. a music artist.
0: Cool. The last one is going to be Tressy. Tressie. Um, It's uh, set in Manila. There's a whole bunch of, it's kind of, it, it it looks a lot to me like a um oh god what is the name of that show Mushishi um, that's a yes it looks a lot like Mushishi from like the read um and I I'm kind of like I'm kind of interested in it but also like Mushishi I I want to like that show so much but every time I'm just like
1: nah it's really good <laughs> it's just slow and it's very episodic yeah but it's good. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, the head character, the main character is Alexandra Treese. She is going head to head against a criminal underworld comprised of malevolent supernatural beings. This is set in a, the, I think it's set in, oh, Manila. It's set in Manila and there's mythical Philippine folklore creatures living and hiding amongst humans, which... I love modern fantasy where like mythic creatures are hiding in plain sight. Like that's one of my my jams. So I'm pumped up. <laughs> this is also based off of a graphic novel. He's talking
0: about Pokemon, you guys.
1: <laughs> no, no way. I was thinking more like Harry Potter or Percy Jackson or like popular American versions of that or Underworld.
0: Yeah, I love. But that like, stuff. listen to listen to what you're sa- saying when you're like mythical creatures just hanging out in normal everyday life. I mean, I hiding guess... among. That you know, does probably to be true tall grass about
1: Pokemon. <laughs> so uh, this is based off of a graphic novel, as you know, most anime uh, is based off of uh, manga, which is a type of graphic novel. This is a Philippine graphic novel, so that's really cool. Yep. We're getting uh, more diverse stories being told in the Netflix animation, and the uh, the executive producer is a guy named Joe. Uh, sorry, Jay Oliva. And he was a – he has worked on uh, Big Names Wonder Woman, the film, and The Legend of Korra, which is, as you know, the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender. So pretty much everything on that list sounds good and or has an amazing creative name behind it. So I'm pretty pumped about all five of those. Yeah. Whew, that Um, was a lot.
0: (laughs) The last thing before we get going um, is uh, you – It it will already have been out uh, for a couple of weeks by the time you were listening to this episode, Um, but we have up on all of our social media a new vote for the new show that is going to be replacing Dimension W. Um, (sighs) We are going to be finishing uh, the content of Dimension W today, Um, so if you wanted to go vote on that, we have a couple of suggestions, and then we have the option for a write-in. So if you wanted to jump on that, uh, you absolutely should. And with that being said... Uh previously on dimension W some okay. shit happened.
1: <laughs> what is the setting? We've got a futuristic world where basically perfect energy has been obtained, so there's no more um there's no more like reliance on fossil fuels or anything like that because we have perfect energy coming from a place called dimension W, which is some sort of an alternate dimension. Um, This energy is harnessed by mechanical implants called coils, and most of the society has adopted those. However, our main character, Mabushi Kiyoma, has not. He has a pretty strong aversion to coils, and he works as a man known as a collector, who is uh, basically a bounty hunter looking for people using illegal coils, which can be really dangerous because they don't have the safeguards of regular coils that are needed to harness the unlimited energy of Dimension W. Mabushi Kiyoma has made sort of friends with a female robot named Mira, who is remarkable in how human she is. Um, Robots are not that strange, but robots that are super humanoid and have emotions and can cry and stuff, are pretty much unheard of. And Mira is one of those. Um, there are some special coils called numbers. They are more powerful than other ones. And, um, there's a character named loser who has been after those loser is the best character. They are on an Island that I have just dubbed danger Island. Cause everything is trying to kill them. <laughs> um, they, it's really an Island that was developed by Charles Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so on Danger Island they're going to to this place Oh called... shit
0: like what if it becomes like it it it, it gains consciousness it's Krakoa. and then turns into <laughs> Yeah turns we're going to have to
1: <laughs> cut the ties of gravity and send it into space cuz Chris Claremont... <laughs> oh my
0: god.
1: Oh god I love the X-Men. Okay so so on Danger Island they uh, Mabushi, Kioma and Mira and a lot of other collectors were going with this African prince to try and find some sort of a treasure when they were attacked by this crazy warp field that knocked a lot of people unconscious. We have now learned that there is a crazy evil scientist named Haruka Seemeyer in the warp field somehow, using it to attack them or something. Um, On Danger Island, there is a dead zone between the outskirts of the island and the interior where the lab Adrastea is, and they're trying to get to that because that's where the thing is, as far as they know. Um, they have just passed through the dead zone, which if you stay in too long will kill you, and which also basically shuts down all uh, electronic devices. They barely made it because they were using something that was basically analog to get through it. And that has left Kyoma unconscious. Robots have attacked them on the other side, and that's where we pick up with episode 10. Whew.
0: Yeah. So this episode picks up, uh, with a fight, uh, between the mole twins, uh, and Mira. Um, she is going to get into a fight, um, basically immediately with one of these gigantic robots. Um, again, uh, I don't know if I went over this, but this is episode 10. Um, we are in the final stretch. It is, uh, 10 through 12 today, which is, <sighs> uh, it, in it, We'll talk about that later, but it's frustrating. <laughs> it's called um resurrected nightmare um she starts the fight with this giant mech uh by trying to hit it on top of the head um it absorbs the shock of her punch with like this force field that surrounds it and then her like her hand just kind of like weakly taps on the edge of the uh the robots outsides um and so she's like, oh shit, I can't hurt this thing by just punching it because it's got like an impact." resistant um, uh, coil that's inside of it that protects it. So she, like, jumps down on the ground, jumps over by another mech that's already been knocked over. Um, uh, I can't remember if she knocked it over before or if it was Loser Um, when they took it down before. Maybe it was Kilma. I don't know. Um, Anyways. (laughs) It was um, knocked. So... It's hanging down on the ground and she like plugs into it with her like plug tail um and starts shooting at it with um the the gunner of the robot that's already fell down um while uh, man. Those twins, I want their power I don't know to their be names. way cooler. They uh, they're, <laughs> they're just like, kinda
1: cute and they have kind of a cool power. I like them a lot, but they're definitely side characters. <laughs> yeah. Drillbur one and drillbur two.
0: Yeah. So, um, they, they gonna... <laughs> fuck. Um, anyways. Um, so, uh, they, they continue this fight, um, until the moment where they, they figure out the only way that they can stop it is one of the mole twins is going to have to go into the wall and drop a whole bunch of rocks from the ceiling on top of this giant mech. Um, so they do that, um, while she like, uh, distracts it with the other robot that's attacking and then she jumps away from it, but she didn't, she didn't, like, account for how much the force was gonna push her away from it, so she flies off of the robot towards the dead zone, we see Kyoma who looks like he's still unconscious, then it turns out he, like, grabs her with, like, one of his, uh, his, like, kunai knife thingies, uh, that has, like, a, uh, like a coil attached to it i can't use the word coil here
1: uh like a (laughs) like twine (laughs) like twine
0: yeah a twine of metal that's what it is (laughs) um anyways um he wraps it around her leg and like pulls her back outside of the dead zone and then um it is revealed that the reason he was knocked unconscious and how he pulled himself out of unconsciousness um was because this little tiny um coil that was implanted wait it was a coil it's, it says that there's no coil inside. Yeah, it's
1: some sort of like strange metal implant that is not a coil, but oh. he specifically says that it was warped like into basically the space behind his ear and it caused yeah. him to fall unconscious.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is kind of cool and kind of awesome and uh he says that he's re- he has recovered some of his memories which we caught a little bit of this at the in in episode 9 so if you guys want to look back at our last Dimension W episode you can get all the deets of that but essentially he remembers that Edrastea was being used for space research and yep. they were testing out this like warp field that they've been seeing and that has been putting some of them out of consciousness that that was actually being used as some sort of, like, teleporter. Um, And the teleporter... uh, They were testing it to see if they could teleport people, but the people teleportation was going horrifically wrong and was basically just destroying them in a spray of blood. So that's kind of what he remembers. And the fact that the warp is here and that Haruka Sium- Meyer is so connected to it and Ajastia means that he's probably still alive and lurking around somewhere.
0: Yeah, and being a whole bitch. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so, um, <laughs> anyways, Loai is going to appear. Loai, if you've forgotten, is the, um, the little brother of the African King character or African Prince character that we met earlier. Um, he is going to jump onto the scene, missing an arm and having a hole in his side. Um, he has been getting into a fight, uh, with KK and also, uh, this other, Yuri. um, Yeah, Yuri, who is another assassin, um, but it looks like he is being completely mind controlled um, at this time. Um, Yeah. They try. They like. Yeah. So they're going to run away with the Y in tow um, inside of the building um, and go further and further in. As they go further and further in, they see like another person that's being controlled by like a coil that's stabbed into his head. And then they go into this room and. I don't know what this room is for, but I'm assuming it's for a evil scientist who decided that he wanted to kill people with sharks and then he forgot to put sharks in there. Yeah. That is the only thing that I can think about this room. It's ridiculous. It It has like...
1: It's like like in Star Wars when they have those catwalks over to something in the middle of the catwalks and there's just a chasm below them, (laughs) but at the bottom of the chasm is water, and we're gonna find out that there's a drain in the water that could suck it all out with everybody in it. So, oh yeah,
0: and sure. also <laughs> if you press a button, all of the fucking walkways will fall towards the center <laughs> in a totally ridiculous way. Yeah, this
1: um, uh, this scientific <laughs> space research center has a murder room in it.
0: Yeah. Well, it is. It, it it was designed by Charles Xavier. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, we already down,
1: <laughs> Charles Xavier. You're a jerk.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, so they're going to go into this room. They're going to find Yuri who's fighting them with a machine gun and also other kinds of guns. Um, they're going to have kind of a back and forth fight um, between um, uh, between Yuri and uh, against uh, what. What Mabushi? Um, uh, God, I swear to God, I want to say both of his names at the same time, and I'm just like, I, come on, he's I'm, not I'm Albert. You got to be done You've with gotta that. pick one or the other. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they are going to be in this fight with uh, Yuri, and then a fight with another character that we've seen in a past version of Mabushi's life. Um, this character, um, God, what is his name again?
1: Doug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has the super common anime named doug
0: <laughs> anyways um so he's gonna fight against doug who has been basically like zombified by kk um and he is going to uh attack the other people are going to fall into the water there is also a moment where yuri is shooting at them with a machine gun And it hits the water right in front of them with a trajectory that should hit them. And I'm like, that's not how water and bullets work. I think
1: it hit beside at least some of them. (laughs) So it's sort of okay.
0: Yeah. I'm like, that's really not how bullets work though, you guys. (laughs) Don't fire a gun in the water and hope to not hit something that's very far away.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: that's. For a show that's like, let's talk about pseudoscience, like, let's actually talk about some real science real quick.
1: Yeah, bullets being stopped in their trajectory completely by water is pseudoscience.
0: (laughs) Well, that's that's true. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so in this fight, uh, they're going to have like a back and forth. They're also going to have Mabushi have a lot of feelings. He's going to have the most feels about Doug.
1: (laughs) did we tell you who doug is he used to be one of uh partners in the beasts of grendel which was his little elite military group and all of them died and disappeared so for him to see doug there also doug is not okay because doug is normal doug on the front side but then a second (laughs) torso of doug is just hanging out of the back side so something's wrong with doug
0: (laughs) yeah it's a, real, it's a real master blaster situation we need
1: to talk about <laughs> Doug
0: it's a uh, all I can like I hear Doug every time and all I can think of is like, <laughs> like so and then like Nickelodeon's <laughs> 90s style scatting that happens on top of it as well
1: <laughs> it's a 90s
0: yeah anyways so kk is gonna flush all of the water out um don't worry though all of the characters are gonna catch onto a rock even though um you know it looks like it's shooting them out over a cliff they yeah. happen to get there for reasons this, this um, is okay
1: because two of them are robots and two of them are powered by coils and that's all four of them so that with their powers combined i buy it
0: yeah anyways um so uh uh in order to like kind of knock uh, Doug out of his stupor, he thinks that he can just destroy this coil that is inside of Doug's head. Instead, what he does, uh, Kiyoma, is he stabs the coil, and uh, as he's fading, he starts to like recognize uh, Mabushi, and he starts to talk to him for a second. And there's this real heart wrenching moment where he's like, he's like, he'll he's gonna be fine. He's snapping out of it and he's like, No, those are just echoes of his former self. He's gone. He's been gone for so- forever. Your soul can't come back to you after this sort of thing happens to you. And you see him just kind of fade from existence. Then we have this badass moment where Kyoma closes his eyes and then it cuts to fucking like um, Lawai running at uh, KK. Yuri shoots down Lawai, then it looks like KK is going to rip off Luai's head or shoot him or something. Instead, though, Luai cuts off his own head, and then you get, like, crazy berserker anime fucking, like, Kyoma.
1: It was so cool. Um, it was, like, scratchy come- <laughs> animation. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. Um, and he fucking... He destroys um, Yuri immediately, by the way. He stabs him, like, a bunch of times with all these kunai knives, um, and then he punches uh, K.K. so hard in the mouth that, like, when they cut back to him and he's talking to him, he's just holding his, his jaw in place so yeah. that he can talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, Kyoma's pissed off, and he is about to kill K.K., when all of a sudden, Miyabi, the girl that he loved and then who died, appears and grabs his hand and is like, don't do it. And then he sort of snaps out of his momentary reverie and realizes that it's actually Mira who has stopped yeah. him from doing this. And then, surprise, Luai is fine. He shows up and reveals that he has multiple bodies. And... yeah. We're going to find so out exactly what's out, going on. It
0: turns out that Lawai has never really been in danger. Um, all of these different bodies that Lawai inhabits are just com- uh, controlled via like a Wi-Fi um, reception inside of all of these robots um, from an um, unconscious Lawai who is back in, in the Issa. African country that they're from. Yeah. Um,
1: and the So other thing, he's back safe at home. The other big important thing from episode 10 is that we're going to learn or at least have it suggested by KK when he is doing his villain speech to Kioma that Kioma has had his memories erased and Kioma this kind of triggers his memories a little bit um he wonders if he was transported through this uh portal that they were trying to work on but thinks that 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 should be impossible because nobody was able to return back without being horribly murdered. And then he also remembers something called Genesis and he wonders what it is that he has done with it. And that is super, super important. And yeah. it's also going to play into the opening of episode 11. Yep. Um, so,
0: episode 11 is called The Last, uh, The Lost Genesis. Um, so, this is going to have. <sighs> a fight that looks on the surface like it's going to be the best fight in the show. And then it doesn't really it. happen. They and do it's just fucking and infuriating. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there is a fight between Loser, a great character name, and Chrysler, a terrible character name, but I a think, fine name for a car. What's His, um,
1: his first so- name is like... J- His first name is Jason. Jason Chrysler. He sounds like like some like 1970s gay porn actor who was like ah, call me Jason Chrysler because he looked out the window like, like no. Peter Griffin.
0: What what it sounds like more to me is that somebody is trying to say Jesus Christ but doesn't want to say Jesus Christ, <laughs> and, and instead they're like Jason Chrysler. Ah, Jason Chrysler. <laughs> Anyways. He's got one of the numbers. It's actually number 100. Um, it is a very powerful number. Um, what it does inside of this suit that he is using is basically turn him into like fucking all might from my hero academia. Um, in that he is really powerfully strong and kind of, like, can fly. Um, he's he's a superhero character. Um, he is badass. His fight with Loser does not last long enough. Uh, they're going to kind of trade blows for a second, then we're going to cut away from it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to learn all about Lawai um, for that second. We've already talked about that, though. But anyways... Yeah. Um, they're also going to cut to um, all of the other characters being awakened uh, by taking out the little receptors that are inside of their ear that knock them out. This um, is super cool,
1: actually, because Loai is able to control multiple bodies at once. And yeah. so he finds out the body that is with Kyoma finds out from Kyoma that there was some sort of implant that had been warped into his body that was keeping him unconscious. And so there's just a different version of Lawai over with the other people that tells them that. And I thought that was so cool and like a good use of this kind of a like a Wi-Fi body controlled power.
0: Yeah, Lawai is Lawai is sort of the like Ultron character of this. Um...
1: <laughs> Don't let him get off the island.
0: Yeah, anyways. Um so uh they they can reconnect with uh uh Salva, um, and also these two other characters that don't matter other than one of them can use jetpack feet to fly. Um They're cool so, designs and that's it. <laughs> oh man. I want them to do something and then they don't. Um anyways, it's just uh, not enough time. The series to is too short. All, they are all gonna race towards the end and fly towards this like um it's it just kind of looks like the shining star in the sky when I originally saw it. But it turns out that it's uh, it's a hatch to get inside of um, this uh, kind of like... Uh, I don't know if it's floating or kind of It's like the of ruins the of
1: this lab where they were doing this yeah. research.
0: So they're going to run over to get inside of that. As they're running over, all of these different robots are going to wake up and start attacking. Um, and uh, they're going to start holding it off while uh, Kioma, Silva um oh god who else is with them other than there's Um, kiyomas there's salva
1: there's i don't remember her name because they haven't mentioned her name in like six episodes but there's salva's assistant woman who's like she at one point is seen as they're like waiting for the doors to open holding like these two badass like hand swords and she never uses them and i'm so bummed i feel like there's so much more content the show could have had like why isn't it 24 episodes long instead of 12 episodes anyway She's there, and Mira is there. So it's the four of them, and they, they enter this hatch, and they're walking in, and Kioma is like, hey, um, oh, uh, well, okay, so there's actually an important conversation that they had before they go in that's going to play into this conversation, which is basically that Salva confirms that he is looking for Genesis. They talk about, Genesis is like, it's like the numbers, but even better, And they kind of talk about it in the same way that they talk about the philosopher's stone in a full metal alchemist where it's basically able to do whatever, including like create something out of nothing. And, um, then Salva totally lets slip that the, uh, the corporation that controls the coils has some sort of monitoring system at all times for like, if anybody talks about the Genesis, it, Wipes their minds of that information. So like you have to be using a coil in order for that to happen to you. But like basically everybody in the world uses coils. So they are at all times, at least low key under surveillance for knowledge of this thing. And if they happen to mention that they might know about that thing, it is immediately removed from their memories, which is cool and horrifying and a great concept. And that totally plays in exactly into the conversation that Kiyoma has with Mira as they are walking up to the inner doorway inside of the hatch, which is basically that he thinks that they're going to find something that has to do with her and who she is or where she comes from. And he says that the reason he thinks that is because this probably is what happened to her memories. She doesn't remember very much from before um, she met up with Kyoma, She just remembers her creator and that her creator told her to follow the coils. And he is like, I bet what happened was that your creator told you about Genesis and that was erased from your mind. And the only thing you could remember was to follow the coils. So we're probably going to yeah. get answers to that here.
0: Cool. So the next thing that they happen when they get down to the end of the hallway is loser is waiting for them. Cause loser um, is always then-
1: better than you.
0: Yeah, and he is going to have already attached the uh, the last number that he was he has taken from Chrysler after defeating him, um, and he is going to use this power to basically like you know give them a flashback, uh, like force them into a flashback of his own, um, and he tells them all about basically what happened uh, to Arastia and how they got to this point in the first place. So, um, so to give you a big wrap up of what happened here, he confirms first and foremost that thing that we already knew, which is that he's Julian Tyler. Um, he had a wife. Uh, they were both scientists. They were both working on this Genesis project. Um, they were also working, we find out, with Mira's father. Yeah, um, and I he... forgot
1: to write down his name. I Oh, no, Yurizaki, Dr. Yurizaki. I just couldn't find yeah. it later. Yeah, Yeah. and is going to tell us a little bit about Dimension W. We've sort of been told this before, but basically Dimension W is all of the energy of possibility. And so life basically has infinite possibilities, and so Dimension W has infinite energy. And he talks about—he also says something interesting about, like, it's hard for them to harness the energy of Dimension W properly. And I think this relates to the reason that the transporter isn't working— and he's basically like, it doesn't work because you can't observe possibility. As soon as you observe the possibility, it's what happened, which is Schrodinger's cat. That's the idea that like there both is and isn't a cat because both things are possible. But then once you look, you have determined which thing is real. And so Dimension W is sort of working outside of that in the realm of potentiality. And that's pretty cool if a little, uh, a little heady.
0: Yeah, um, I I think the the more darker thing about Schrodinger's cat is not is or isn't a cat. It's the cat is either alive or it is dead.
1: <laughs> well, you know it, it it's a yeah. resting cat.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we're gonna see all of this flashback. Uh, we're also going to uh, see uh, Seimire a uh, again. Um. He is going to be fine to begin with, and then as you slowly walk down the path of finding out more about Seymour, you learn that he has uh, been driven crazy by wanting to create Genesis. Um, yeah, and his basically, funding was-
1: he becomes a mad scientist because they're not going to let him continue to research the science, and so he goes from being like a... Uh, Sort of nervous, kind of soft spoken scientist into a full on raving mad scientist evil character.
0: Yeah. And the thing that, uh, uh, like, the thing that really turned him around was finding out that, well, what he says that he knows is that Mira's father figured it out. He yeah. figured it out. He figured he's... out it was dangerous and he was like, I'm not going to give it to you. So basically pulled all the funding from Seamire so that he could not have it as well. Yeah, um, he, he was he's... running the
1: Genesis project and then had it shut down. And Seamire deduces that this happened because he figured out the solution and not because he couldn't.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, the last thing that happens inside of this episode when they all come back to normal is that uh, the the portal in the air is going to drop down this little hologram maker. Um, it is going to uh, whoa, whoa, reject Seemeyer.
1: Don't forget about the last part about Seemeyer when we find out what happened when wait, he. Wait, wait! I
0: thought that happens in the next episode.
1: Ah, uh-uh, no, it happens before the hologram. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. They're all they're both connected. So, anyways, Seemeyer's mad scientist turn was going to be. He will not accept that the Genesis thing isn't going to happen and he will not accept that they're not going to solve the problem of the teleporter. So what he's going to do is kidnap like a hundred of his coworkers (laughs) and put them in individual teleporter pods. And then he's going to teleport them one by one until it works. God damn it. (laughs) He has also got a particular grudge against Julian, who again is loser And his wife, Sophie, or Sophia, I have it written down somewhere, but not here. Um, Sophia, there it is. So Sophia is, like, captured next to him instead of in a pod. And Loser is captured in a really fucked up torture device where Seamire is going to make him watch everybody teleport into Blood and Guts and torture him a little bit the whole time so that he can be a dick, I guess. (laughs)
0: Yeah, he's the worst. Anyways. Yes. Um so um we are going to we're going to find out that Seymour survived being uh teleported um into this other dimension um which is another not ridiculous to think that <laughs> Okay. So you can appear into this other dimension, right? But you can't come back alive. Um yeah. you can you, and you can I, leave and it's because you have this possibility of free thought. Um, so you can take something that is a inanimate object and put it from one place to another. That includes dead people yeah. and dead things. So it's, they... it doesn't
1: have any potential anymore because it's dead.
0: Yeah. So that you will see um, represented earlier in this flashback from they have a toy mouse they have a dead mouse and they have an alive mouse and they show it by teleporting the dead mouse then teleporting the robot mouse and then exploding the live mouse yeah. inside of the
1: box it's and disturbing. it's just like oh god science <laughs> so yeah so Seemeyer has been teleported due to this whole debacle and we're going to learn actually that this when he was doing his mad scientist transportation trick is when kioma and the other beasts of grendel arrived and that also seems to be when this major disaster that has warped this entire island took place but we don't find out just yet what that was semeyer but- is going to reveal that sophia tried to kill herself because she was on the platform with Seamire. So she basically, it looked like she tried to create a transportation field so that he would be transported and killed as well. And from what I could figure out, he transported there, but didn't come back, which is why he's alive and he's trapped over there. We're also going to see that Kioma in the past as that, as Sophia moves, Kioma is gonna like swing in like Spider-Man and grab Genesis out of c Meyer's hands. And yeah. this is episode
0: twelve, by the way. We've already gotten into it. Um, no, that's at the, the end of the, eleven. Well, the future reaches episode twelve. That's true. <laughs> um, and it's gonna so, kind of fold on top of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all the same shit. So uh, yeah. Kioma grabs Genesis out of c Meyer's hand and teleports away. And Seemeyer is just like, look, Kioma is the only one who knows where Genesis is, so we have to access his memories in order to find Genesis. And Loser is like, hold up, you need to tell me if my wife is still alive and what happened to her. And Seemeyer is willing to comply and let us know that only the worst things have happened to Sophia.
0: Yeah, only things that are left are her heart and her hands and the because rest of he her is going bio, to
1: he needs bio like bio information to control this Lovecraftian monster that he unleashes. Oh my god.
0: It's 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 really a moment of like uh releasing this monster and then it like starts attaching to the back of his head and I was like somebody
1: watched Akira. Um, yeah, it <laughs> so- is super Akira like, which I appreciate. I mean, I know that Akira is super uh, iconic, but it's also really good. So, I mean, go for it. Use Akira. And yeah. it's good. It creeped me out. I was saying what the fuck out loud while I was watching this. Like, it is good. This is a good, good yeah. moment.
0: So he is going to fight with this. A loser is going to try to reach through the dimensional void uh, to grab him with his arm. That Which is he can mechanical. do because he has
1: five numbers. So he's super yeah. powerful. And-
0: So he reaches through with his mechanical arm, starts to try to pull Seamire through, um, and then Seamire manifests a part of uh, his wife as, like, a weird, like, flesh blob uh, that comes towards him, and he gets uh, distracted for a moment, and in that moment, the giant monster slaps him away.
1: It's so Akira. They also do that in Digimon Tamers. It's... It's... A kind of a common trope with like these horrible monsters, but it's a great trope. So I'm always happy to see it.
0: Yeah. So the next thing that's going to happen is loser is basically knocked out of it. Um, Kiyoma is going to, uh, try to, um, he's going to try to fight against this monster. And one of the things that they're talking about doing is like subduing it somehow. Um, And they're like, how are we going to do this? And they're like, well, we can wrap it up so that we can push it through its own dimensional vortex thingy um, by ripping up these gigantic uh, cables that are running through the ground uh, where the power plant was going to be and pushing himself into himself and this is where, you know, they have the Diglett twins, um, they're gonna go dig up these cords, and then these giant mechs that are controlled by Lawai are gonna pull the cords around the giant monster, and then they're gonna pull it in towards Seamire, um, and all the while, um, Kiyoma is getting his, like, memory back of what happened. He's being, like, uh, pulled through his memory, um, in order to get to this state and Mira going inside of his memory, yeah, she had she, to punch him real hard in the face. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. great.
1: So she she explains that like they can look through his memory and re uh like reattach it or put it back in order so that he can actually remember it. Mm-hmm. But what they're gonna do is they they're gonna adjust the little implant that appeared in his head to knock him unconscious a little while ago because that was able to mm-hmm. access memories. And so they adjusted that she has her little tail that can interface with robots and stuff. So she's going to interface with that. And she's going to go into his head and rearrange his memories. And she's like, but you got to go unconscious and we're going to do it different than last time. And she just slaps him to unconsciousness, which is great. And so she reconstructs his memories and basically he, he jumps, he teleports away from the Island with Genesis and then the next thing he knew everybody was dead. And um and basically Miyabi convinces him to let her do this memory trick because she's like your my body was made for Miyabi. Like I was created as a part of trying to save her life and it was the possibility of like her life and your life and all the choices you guys made that caused me to be alive. And so that's what convinces him to let her go in, which I thought was a really good moment.
0: Yeah. Um, the next thing that is going to happen um, happens pretty quickly and it's pretty confusing. So here we go. Um, Kiyoma is going to be in inside of his memory, find out that he um, pulled Genesis away, fell through this portal, tried to connect with, uh, with the woman he loved. Uh, Miyabi. Miyabi. Um And he, she is going to have left her body, turned into a soul, walked into this plane, convinced him that they need to just destroy Genesis, um, and then he destroyed it. Um, he then comes back from his memory, goes and memory headbutts, uh, what's his name? Oh, Seemeyer, um, and make Seamire realize that the Genesis thing has been destroyed to distract him from the fact that he is being pushed into this moment, driving him crazy. Um, and then it gets a little bit confusing how he's defeated. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think I, I don't know how he got the spinning dart. <laughs> I,
1: I get it. So. Basically, Kioma reveals to Seemeyer that he ended up choosing to destroy Genesis, and he does it by providing the moral of the story, which I really liked. So he says that he he thinks back to Miyabi, who also had a fondness for um, older things that came from the the part of the world that was before this revolution caused by the coils. And so she always has, like, an old camera with her at all times and stuff like that. And he was like, why do you like old stuff so much? And she says that basically keeping things from the past around is a reminder of all the people that were there alongside these things. And it makes the present shine even brighter. And Kioma then takes this and everything that's happened, and he's, he says that it doesn't matter what happens no matter how horrible or tragic it is, that it still leads to infinite possibilities for the future. And that nothing that has happened can't, you can't regret anything that's happened because there are wonderful things that have come even out of this tragedy. And this mm-hmm. perks Mira's ears up because it's basically him accepting what she told him earlier. And it's a yeah. really beautiful moment. And then Ellie, which is loser's daughter shows up with one of his spin darts, which is the the kunai things that he uses to throw. But they have put one of Loser's numbers in it so that it has the power to drive Seemeyer back through the portal. And Kiyoma grabs it and throws it at Seemeyer, which pushes him in, and the monster goes in with him. And Mm -hmm. basically, it seems like the energy of the numbers activates something about Dimension W so that... Um, Dr. Yurizaki appears before Seamire and like basically it looks like it sort of like ushers his soul into the afterlife or something like that. Uh And then Mira, who her coil is going crazy and she thinks it's going to explode. So she's been kind of trying to get away from everybody and she thought she would get away from them by going to the monster and exploding on it and killing it with the dimensional warp that happens when coils malfunction that didn't work because everybody else showed up to fight the monster too. But her coil basically gets replaced by this same vision of Yurizaki, which nobody else sees. And it seems like it's replaced by a coil that's essentially a real human heart. I It was a little unclear, but you usually can see a coil on her chest, like around her like sternum clavicle area. And when they show her after this vision, it's not there. She just has like skin and yeah. she is shown I think down it's a heart probably
0: a Genesis. It's probably a Genesis. I, I think so um, too,
1: which is kind of splitting the difference, I guess. Um, but it- it's cool. If not a little confusing.
0: Yeah. So the very end of this episode is going to be um, a quick succession of finding out sad things. Um first and foremost we're going to find out that loser has died. Um which is the, worst. That's why the show's is over because his having... character's gone. <laughs> yeah. His <laughs> his daughter is very upset. Um she she is lamenting him while they're just like uh well let's let them hang out. Um and then you have a moment uh where um they are looking over at these Easter Island heads and uh Mira sees a a blossoming flower and she's like look it's a blossoming flower over there by that head and he's like shut up mira i can't see that far you're a robot remember um and it's a nice moment because instead of calling her like a scrap bucket or um some other thing that is said by um wolverine to a sentinel um he calls her (laughs) um he calls her mira which is fantastic
1: in this episode
0: yeah, um, and it's an <laughs> exception of who she is with him. Um, there is then going to be a a brief cut- cutaway to him putting flowers on Miyabi's grave, um, and then a um, a bunch of cutaways to like them continuing to be collectors out inside of the world. Um, yeah, and we're then basically going to get with some. W.
1: Yeah, it's going to be some vague. Where are they now? Uh, without any dialogue because it's being that the instrumentation is being played and the credits are being played. So it's a lot of suggestion. And then after the credits, it's like, it's almost like the start of another episode and it's, it doesn't seem to be anything like super important. It's basically, they're just chasing another illegal coil. And the, the idea is that, you know, things just keep going on as their collectors and yeah, that's it. Uh well, I don't know if that's completely it. I meant to do research and I totally forgot because I was applying for a job. But uh, there are 14 or so volumes of the Dimension W manga and I guarantee they are not all covered in this show. I do no. not guarantee that they're all good or that the show doesn't cover the beginning and end of them. It, the show might just hit the highlights and you know give us the intro and give us the conclusion or it might just be the first three to four volumes and there's way more story after this. I have no idea. Like I said, I meant to look it up and I forgot because I got distracted with my personal need for a job. So uh, (laughs) there it is, but there's a lot more dimension W. If you really like this series, number one, you can rewatch it. It's only 12 episodes. Uh, Number two, there are 14 manga volumes. So there's a lot of stuff to consume. If you want more of this, Um, what did you think about it?
0: Um, I really like the show. Um, I think that the biggest problem with it is that they didn't have enough time to flush it out. Um, I I tend to believe that if you're going to do a really collapsed um, uh, anime series like this, uh, you have to really, really pick and choose if you are going to be episodic Or if you are going to be one storyline. And if you're going to be one storyline, you're going to have to take more time with it so that we can really uh catch all of these things with the characters. When you're doing something that's episodic, uh as we've found out by uh Fooly Cooly, as we found out by Cowboy Bebop, um if you've ever seen it, oh you find out from Samurai Champloo, um you can put a lot of character building in every single episodic episode um because you don't have to keep on reminding people what's happening instead of the overarching story. Um, all you have to do is pay attention to that one episode. What is the arc of that episode? How does it change this character? And at the end of it, you learned a little bit more about your main characters, so that by the end of it, when you're doing the stuff that matters about the plot, if you really break it down, Cowboy Bebop is about six episodes that are about the main plot line and everything else is episodic character building. Yeah, um, that, so- well,
1: that's the thing. It's, it's about the people and not about the things that the people are doing. And yeah, they and do I interesting really, things, but it's the story is that.
0: Yeah, which is one of the reasons why a large overarching um, uh, art, plot arc, if you're focusing specifically on that, you still need time for these characters to matter to us. Um, and I don't think that we had enough time to care about these characters enough um especially not the side characters um they were introduced they were given these like badass costumes and badass looks and all of these powers that you were promised and then you never got to see them and yeah. it is very infuriating to me to have it be introduced to all of these like you know very good collectors that are pros that look awesome and then to not be given any of the payoff
1: yeah we're given a lot of toys that we don't get to play with yeah And yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think I am a little bit less, uh, miffed by that. Like I, I wish we got more time with them, but I do think that Dimension W for what it is does a really good job. And, and like, while it definitely makes me frustrated that we don't get more of these characters and more of this story. On the other hand, it's a pretty good tease for the idea that like there's more story out there and there's a larger world that you're not seeing, which is a it's a nice thing to have to. You know, there is life outside of this apartment, you know, like there's there's stuff going on that we don't get to see because there's a whole world out there that's happening alongside the story that we're watching. And usually that stuff kind of peeves me, but it, it really didn't get to me too much with Dimension W but I mean overall I think both of us really liked this show it was good it was really good
0: yeah anyways uh, stick with us after the credits Uh, we will go over a couple of things uh, inside of our main credits but uh, seriously stick with
1: Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions with sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions these are level 5 sound wizards our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at b Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jumped, Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash r slash GetJumped.
0: If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Now that the U.S. midterm elections are over, it's time for another election. But <laughs> this time it's, it's for an anime series, so it's...
0: Stakes are even higher, you guys. Stakes are even higher. (laughs) The stakes are over 9,000. Don't vote for DBZ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye.